is found in Luke chapter 7, beginning with verse 1. After Jesus had finished all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. A centurion was there, had a slave whom he highly valued and who was ill and close to death. When he heard about Jesus, he sent some Jewish elders to him, asking him to come and heal his slave. When they came to Jesus, they appealed to him earnestly, saying, He is worthy of having you do this for him, for he loves our people, and it is he who built our synagogue for us. And Jesus went with them. But when he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore, I did not presume to come to you. But only speak the word, and let my servant be healed. For I also am a man set under authority with soldiers under me, and I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my slave, do this, and the slave does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him, and turning to the crowd that followed him, he said, I tell you. Not even in Israel have I found such faith. When those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the slave in good health. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All you who are God's dearly loved people, all of you are. Grace and peace this morning to you from God, Father, and our Mother, the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The stories today are about the outsider. the ones beyond our walls, beyond our spheres of comfort, or the ones who just don't belong to us or come to us or, or walk in the same circles we do or, or agree with us or think like us or act like us. A lot of people who are out there and some of them strangers and fearful people and others, family and friends. And how do we live with these people as we seek to be faithful to the God who has called us, who touches us, who declares that we are loved and forgiven and called? 
There's a healthy view today of the outsider that is important. Solomon's praise before the dedication of the temple, and he includes the foreigner. That when the foreigner comes, that he will be heard, that his prayers and what is in his heart will also come before God, and God will respond and know. And that this foreigner will be welcome in this place. And know that also here, this foreigner finds grace, finds goodness, finds a place to take the needs of his own heart. And for Luke, it's the centurion, a man of power, representing an oppressive and occupying force, and at whose faith Jesus marvels. In our news, even in our political speeches, we've seen a lot of hatred and inhospitality, especially towards Muslims and migrants and others who are different, who may be impinging upon us. There's talk of building walls instead of bridges, talk which fuels our fears instead of nurturing concerns for human need. Now, we're not the first to be talking and acting like that. Not by any means. The Bible tells unflattering stories about the people of God. In 2 Chronicles 15, there's a, a story where the King Asa goes to a prophet and, and finds guidance because they have discovered how far the people have drifted from the ways of the God who has called them out of slavery into life into this land. And so the king, I'm not sure just what it is that prompts him, calls a great, a great gathering of the people to sacrifice thousands of creatures before God and to worship God. And they get caught up in this milieu of, or I would think, a mess. And they're, they are so overwhelmed with, with now the goodness of God in their lives that they make a declaration. They agreed that anyone who refused to seek the God of Israel should be killed, no matter who young or old, man or woman. And it's a horrid story. Why is it even in the Bible? Lillian Daniel says, perhaps it's to remind us what jerks we can be when we think we are being religious. But in today's lesson, Solomon doesn't make speeches. He prays. And that's a whole different approach. Rather than speaking and making proclamations, there is a humbling. 
He stands before the altar. He kneels. And he makes himself vulnerable before this God who has enabled him, allowed him to build this temple and to whose glory it is now dedicated. He prays. And he prays for the foreigner in their midst. He exhibits an openness toward the foreigner's need. He isn't captive to fear or jealousy. He doesn't need to control. Rather, the needs of the other matter. The needs of the other matter. And Jesus is amazed at this centurion. You wonder about this relationship, how it came about. A man of power in an occupying force. And we have heard in other parts of scripture the animosity that existed between the people of Israel and the, and the occupying forces. And how energies and passions were filled to change things. Sometimes violently they thought if they had to. But in this instance, these walls are broken down. Somehow this man of power has eyes and a heart to see the people for who they are. And somehow the people have, have broken down and broken through the barriers that they have erected to, to receive this person as a gift. He loves our people, they said. And when there's a need within this man's life, he goes to people whom he thinks and knows can help them. Go to the healer. Go to Jesus. And they go. And then he sends a friend. He sends friends. And he says, I'm not worthy. I understand authority. Just say the word. That's enough. And Jesus says, have you ever seen such faith? The word translated, it's translated amazed, but it but it has marvel about it. It has respect about it. There are no boundaries, you see, for the Spirit of God. There's no place where God is not present. There's no place where God is not active doing the gracious healing work of making all things new. Even among the foreigners even in places where we least expect it. Why is this important? Why do we share it again in this choir where we basically understand that is true and know it? I think it's because we need to continuously be reminded 
There are continuously challenges placed before us to act and to think differently than this. It gives us pause and perspective as we listen nowadays to the rhetoric that fills our airwaves as we think together about public policy. And yet for me, and I trust for you, there's also personal reasons calling us to be aware of the presence and the grace of God, even in places where we're not sure it is, not in the way we hope for it or long for it in the lives of people we know and love. I don't think there's anyone here that does not have someone that they know or is in the family who is no longer a part of the church, who is indifferent or negative. So many now are, not even, are saying they don't believe, they don't trust, they may even be heathen or pagan. People have used those words with me and maybe with you. And we wonder. It was George who wrote about going back to tend to his father as he was dying and, and worried out loud that his father had not expressed a faith and he wondered, he worried, he was concerned. Luke reminds us that all are beloved by God. There are no boundaries. Because God is called a community together does not mean that God is confined there. That the Spirit of God is fully expressed in places we do not expect. Even in people who may not be aware. This has come home to me in a couple ways. You have your own stories. Weddings can bring, bring people into a church that often are not a part of one. And this one particular wedding, that was also true. And the ring bearer was a young man, maybe five, very precocious and running about, happy to be involved in the wedding. And afterwards, um, as young people are, as he runs around, he ran up to the altar. Now, there are some of us, and me included, when we were young, we were told, this is sacred space. You don't just play around in it. This is a place that reminds us that God is present in our midst. While seeing the young boy playing around the altar, I decided, I think I'll let it go. And then I, as I passed by, I thought, no, I'm going to go talk to this young man. 
And so, so we went up to him at the altar, and in this particular church, the altar was a bit high and lifted up. And I got up there, and he turned around, and he saw me, and I thought, my expectation was that he would look at me in horror and feel I got caught with my fingers, my hands in the cookie jar. But no, he, he looked with, with great joy. He said, oh, it's you. I bet you're wondering why I'm up here at the altar. <laughs> he got that right. And then he said, I'm looking for God. You see, my mom and dad, they don't go to church. We go sailing. And I'm up here looking for God. <laughs> Unexpected. Where did he get this? How could he teach me so? Because God is active in the unexpected places, beyond us and our walls. And we do ourselves a disservice, as well as this church, when we don't open ourselves and receive the gift of God's presence everywhere. Another unexpected place, one more. Maybe some of you have heard of Maddie Stepanek. He's a young poet, writer, inspirational speaker. Actually, actually he started writing poetry at age three. And he did it until age 13 when he died. He had uh, a disease, I, I'm not sure I can fully pronounce, it's called dysautonomic, autonomic, I won't say it all, mitochondrial myopathy. His mother didn't know when she had four children that she, that she carried this disease and, it, and it's eventually affected her. And all four of her children died. Maddie was the last at age 13. But he would write from early age on to the end about insights to life and to peace and to caring that one wouldn't imagine an adult would have. He touched so many lives, and in this book, he has remembrances from Maya Angelou, Angelou and Jimmy Carter, Jerry Lewis, people of power and simple people as well, who have been touched by his desire, his intention, to proclaim peace and work for peace in all of life. 
I would never expect it of a young boy who had to live on a ventilator, live in a wheelchair, and never approach the age of wisdom that I've been able to approach, and many of you, and yet proclaimed a presence of a gift and a God that leaves no one alone. So today, we are affirmed. We are affirmed in our concerns for others beyond us. We are confirmed in a God who knows no boundaries, who touches lives in powerful ways, and who has seen fit for some reason to touch even your life and mine. Remind us that we are loved and that we are here to share that love and peace and to receive that gift from all sorts of corners. We pray for the foreigner. We give thanks for the centurion this day. Amen.